Saturday was silent, surely it was through. Since when has impossible ever stopped you? Friday's disappointment is Sunday's empty tomb. Since when has impossible ever stopped you? This is the sound of dry bones rattling. This is the praise make a dead man walk again. Open the grave, I'm coming out. I'm gonna live, gonna live again. This is the sound of dry bones rattling. Pentecostal fire stirring something new. You're not gonna run out of miracles anytime soon. Resurrection power runs in my veins too. I believe there's another miracle here in this room. This is the sound of dry bones rattling. This is the praise make a dead man walk again. Open the grave, I'm coming out. I'm gonna live, gonna live again. This is the sound of dry bones rattling. The man who was thrown on the bones of Elisha, if there's anything that he can't do, just ask the stone that was rolled at the tomb in the garden. What happens when God says to move? I feel him moving it now. I feel him doing. again open the grave I'm coming out I'm gonna live gonna live again open the grave I'm coming out I'm gonna live gonna live again open the grave I'm coming out I'm gonna live gonna live again this is the sound of dry bones rattling
right, good morning and welcome to Watershed. We're so excited that you're here, whether you're here in person or watching online. Um, go ahead and stand up, greet each other, tell each other what you did in the beautiful weather yesterday. All right, we're going to continue worshiping with the song A Thousand Names. We invite you to join us as we sing. I call you maker. You give life an eternal spark. I call you healer, you can mend any broken heart. I call you faithful father, you finish everything you start. My soul was made to respond. I know you by a thousand names, and you deserve every single one. You've given me a million ways to be amazed at what you've done. And I am lost in wonder at all you do. I know you by a thousand names, and I'll sing them back to you. Yeah. Sing them back, sing them back to you. Your love is boundless Beyond what I could dream Your grace is patient You're never giving up on me I call you bondage breaker Cause you're handing out the prison keys My soul was made To be free I know you by a thousand names and you deserve every single one you've given me a million ways to be amazed at what you've done and i am lost in wonder at all you do i know you by a thousand names and i'll sing them back Sing them back to you. Son of man. 
the Lion of Judah, you're the risen limb, you're the second Adam, here to lead us home, you are Yahweh's glory, now revealed in flesh and bone, you are ocean You deserve every single one You've given me a million ways To be amazed at what you've done And I am lost in wonder At all you do I know you by a thousand names And I'll sing them back I'll sing them back verses 9 through 11, Paul tells us that God exalted Jesus to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Please join us. Peace, bring it all to peace. The storm surrounding me, let it break. At your name, still, call the sea to still, the raging me to still, every wave. At your name, Jesus, Jesus, you make the darkness tremble. Jesus, Jesus, you silence fear. Jesus, Jesus, you make the darkness tremble. Jesus, Jesus, breathe, call these bones to live. All these lungs to sing once again. I will praise Jesus. 
1 verse 8 tells us 
You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. We're going to sing about the Spirit coming upon us, giving us strength and power in Jesus' name.
to invite the kids through fifth grade today to head over by Miss Lori for children's worship. Kids through fifth grade. Dear Lord, thank you so much for today and the great Sunday that we can all be here together. Thank you for the rain outside to water the plants and give them life. Lord, thank you for all the kids here ready to learn and go and like learn about you and just love you as much as you loved us, Lord. We love you, Lord. Amen. Amen. <laughs> I don't want to go. <laughs> At least I don't think anybody hears crying in here that you've got to put up with me. So <laughs> now if there's any crazy, you know, crying, I, I, can, I can forgive you. That's, that's okay. <laughs> oh, good to see you this morning. Um, happy Sunday following Easter, right? And uh, it's 70, 80 degrees. Welcome to Michigan. And we won't talk about later on this week. So, <laughs> a couple things just for our attention before we go to prayer again. Uh, tomorrow's the last day for the flower sale. The proceeds of that will go to Honduras, uh, the trip, that, the work trip that's going to be going um, down at the beginning of June, small group trip, but they're going to be doing some work at the school. So, uh, if you need some flowers for Mother's Day, uh, what have you tomorrow? Um, you can call the office. You can. Can you go online, D? Yes, you can go online to hardaway.com and uh, look for the flower sale there. And then uh, as well, when you came in, if you got uh, the the bulletin flyer, whatever you want to call that thing, because I never know what to call it here. Um, but uh, in it, we have a, a thank you again uh, for all of. Just an update financially, but thank you um, for your continued support in ministry here. We can't do ministry without all of you um, involved, not only in time and talents, uh, but also in what God has entrusted to your care. Uh, that's called stewardship. What God has given us, we take care of and use. 
And when you use that um, to help the ministries here, that's part of just honoring God with what he's gifted you. So I want to again say thank you uh, for that this morning. Uh, with all of that being said, let's uh, go again to our God in prayer. Father, we uh, thank you again for your goodness to us. We thank you that, God, we're not just done with Easter, we're in an Easter season in the life of the church where we get to stay focused on you who was raised from the dead. Lord, even as we walked in this morning listening to the song rattle, Lord, knowing that you give new life to even the dead bones can give us hope. God, you're a God of hope. You're a God who redeems, who takes things back for your sake and glory. What seems lost, what seems beyond, Lord, um, our capacity to rescue, you have the ability to change and transform and do good things with. Thank you that you can work in the recesses of our lives, in the places we want to hide, in the places we make mistakes, in the places that we unintentionally do things that dishonor you, that, Lord, hurt others. Father, we know we can ask you for forgiveness because you are a God of forgiveness. So help us to be able to acknowledge the sin of our lives, the brokenness, that which we do on purpose, that which we have in us we can't seem to shake. Lord, knowing that you are a God who will lift us up, that you're a God who never leaves us or forsakes us. You're a God who forgives. God, we don't pray to a God waiting for that to come around. We know that's in your DNA. So thank you, God, that you breathe new life even into the sin and brokenness of our lives. Father, we want to pray, continue to pray for our friends, part of this Heart of White community, our families who are dealing with health issues, Lord, for those who have had procedures, surgical procedures already this week, we praise you, God, for recoveries that are already taking place. God, we thank you for word that for Sean Lupke, God, as she's been going through chemotherapy, right now she is cancer-free. God, we praise you. We praise you for your ability to heal. We praise you for the giftedness you give to doctors and the skills that they develop and efforts and energies they put into it. We thank you for medicines and we thank you for the work of your spirit. Lord, it's not an either-or proposition. You choose to work within people and within your creation to heal as much as you choose to do miracles. But Lord, in these times, we want to just say thank you. God, we want to praise you this morning that Mark came home from the hospital after what seemed to be a routine procedure weeks ago, what would be an in and an out, and turned into so much more. Father, thank you for carrying he and Julie, the rest of their family, their kids, Lord. Thank you for restoring him to health through surgeries, through, Lord, just flat being sedated and out of it. We thank you that home is another step in the journey of healing and being renewed. God, continue that. Thank you, God, that we get to see these glimpses because for all of these stories, there are stories, the loss of life, a new diagnosis, 
Lord, disheartened and disenchanted friends, family, neighbors. So God, as we see that goodness in you and what you've done for others, we pray that that goodness would breathe life into others we care for, we look to, we love, and help us to love each other well. Because we know ultimately, God, that is the greatest witness to your love for us. So God, we pray these things. We pray these prayers, certainly and many more in your name. And Father, as we come into your scriptures this morning, as always, I ask for your ability to speak. I can't do this on my own. There's not an amount of studying and, and, and even brilliance I could somehow come up with if there is any. Lord, that could come of my own volition and my own will, my own ways. I need your spirit. And we need your spirit to hear what you have to say. So Holy Spirit, the one who is the presence and the power of God living within us, speak to us today. Through your grace, your mercy, and your love. In Jesus' name we pray. All God's children said, amen. In this Easter season, so this is the season following Easter Sunday, uh, it, we actually, did you know you actually get an Easter season? Right? Like, so often, no, we, we don't. Like, it's one day, woo You know, and we think Christmas, we get, Christmas season is before Christmas. Actually, no, Christmas season is after Christmas. Advent comes before. Like, and you're like, okay, so why are we even spending time talking about these church holiday seasons? Well, because they actually matter. Like, this is a season where we get to keep thinking about God's resurrection. We get to keep thinking about a God who has not just died for our sins, but has overcome the grave. We get to keep thinking of a God, like we heard last week, who breathes life into dead bones who, as we prayed, redeems, takes back what seems lost, and restores. Throughout this Easter season, we're going to journey through the book of Colossians. It's a letter uh, that Paul writes to a church in Colossae, which is in Turkey, what we would know in Turkey today. It wasn't a church that Paul actually started. His friend Epaphras, one of his co-workers, co-laborers in, in the gospel, was really kind of responsible for sharing good news. And, and I'm sure others that Paul had, had talked to in, Ephes in Ephesus and Laodicea, some of these other surrounding towns, had also been part of the sharing of that good news. But the Colossian church, the church in Colossae, uh, he didn't really know. And as he writes this letter, he's actually sitting in jail in what people think was actually Rome at this point in time. So he's writing a letter to a church he doesn't know while in prison in the capital city of the world, that is Rome. And I just want to focus for just a minute before we go further about a letter. Right? Think back now a couple thousand years and what it would take to, to write a letter. I mean, in the day of text messages and emails, which I love. I love text. I love email. It's, it's like immediate, right? You can get in conversations. You can be back and forth, but not in snail mail. And yes, I am old enough to remember snail mail, okay? I have written letters before. And no, not because I had to, but I wanted to, <laughs> right? When you wrote a letter, it took time. It made your arms sore. I don't know about you. I, for whatever reason, my wrist always got sore writing, Right? But it took intention and purpose. 
One of the things that I always loved and appreciated about my grandparents, my grandma and grandpa Ohms, in particular my grandma, she was the one who wrote the letters, but she often wrote me letters. And in those letters, you know, my grandparents were my biggest cheerleaders. They were actually calling me to be a pastor, like when I was in single digits age and going, you're going to be a pastor. I'm like, no, I'm not. Leave me alone. Right? I don't want to do that. I want to be a basketball player. Yeah, no. <laughs> Listen, I grew up in Indiana. I'm a Hoosier. I like, come on. <laughs> right? But they were saying, no, you're going to be a pastor. I remember my grandma singing over me. Right? Songs of faith, songs that we learned in Sunday school, truth from the scripture, the Psalms. But they were committed to wanting us to know Jesus and know his love for us. And I remember every letter that she would send me, she would, she'd always just say, me, Aaron, we're so encouraged by you. We're so proud of you. We're so grateful that you're our grandson. I'm like, wow. You know, it's humbling when somebody says that, right? That we're so grateful you're a part of our life. Now, we're so grateful we get to simply be that for you, but we're, we're, we're glad you're a part of our lives. That was one of the few voices in my life that I felt like was for me and not against me. And not only would they say, you know, we're encouraged, but we're proud of you, it, they, would, they would hear something that my mom would share with them or my dad would say, and then they'd say, we heard about this, we heard about what you were working on, we heard about some of the classes you're taking in school, and, and we just, we want you to know we're praying for you. I mean, when both of my grandparents died, I, I felt like I lost a piece of me. Because that encouragement, those prayers, they were that life for me. So come into Colossians this morning, that's really what Paul is trying to do to a church of people that he calls brother and sister through Jesus, but he doesn't really know. He wants to offer them encouragement, their prayers. His prayers. He wants to know that he's behind them and that they have support, even though he's in prison. So this morning, if you will, start with me in this journey in Colossians. We're now in the other thin part of the Bible, right? We've been prior to Easter in the front half, right? Really early on in Exodus. Now we're leaning towards the end. Colossians comes after the book of Philippians and comes before Thessalonians, if you're following along. But We're going to start in Colossians 1, starting in verse 1. Let's hear God's word this morning. Paul, oh, I think we're, there we go. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God and Timothy, our brother, to God's holy people in Colossae, the faithful brothers and sisters in Christ, grace and peace to you from God our Father. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, because we've heard of your faith in Christ Jesus, and the love you have for all God's people, and the faith and love that spring from the hope stored up for you in heaven about which you have already heard in the true message of the gospel that's come to you. In the same way, the gospel is bearing fruit and growing throughout the whole world, just as it's been doing among you since the day you heard it and truly understood God's grace. You learned it from Epaphras, Paul's friend, Right, our dear fellow servant who is a faithful minister of Christ on our behalf and who also told us, told us of your love in the Spirit for this reason. Since the day we heard about you, we haven't stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding 
that the Spirit gives so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please Him in every way. And he unpacks that, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to His glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience and giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of His holy people and the kingdom of the light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. This is how Paul starts his letter, and we start this morning. He starts with this opening encouragement. He says this, that the true gospel, right? You see that highlight, the true gospel Throughout the letter, we're going to see that others are trying to share a story, a different story in life, a different truth for people to believe. Some were of a Jewish background trying to hijack this new Christian faith and saying, this is an honoring to the Jewish heritage in which Christianity rose up out of. Others would come from more of the, the secular realm, the Roman, Greco-Roman mindset of worship of others' gods, and they would say, no, that the way, worshiping one god, that's crazy. Others would try to say, oh, by the way, there's this mystery that you need to get involved with. Nonetheless, Paul says, the true gospel has taken root in you. Right? He starts with an encouragement that says, you, and what's being heard about you is echoing all the way to Rome. It's uh, Drew and I, Drew's now begun um, over these, the last week, and and we were talking, in, and, and I said, it's like Cedar Lake, Indiana, where I grew up, you know, being, being found out about in New York City. And he's like, yeah, Borculo, <laughs> New York City. I'm like, okay, yeah, you know, after 20 years in West Michigan, maybe I should transfer here. To <laughs> but think about that, that their lives mattered so much, the fruit of their lives. And, and what's Paul say? What was that fruit? It was faith. It was love. It was all anchored in the hope, the Easter hope we have of Jesus raising to life in a hope that's eternal. He's like, these three, for Paul, these are the big three, love, faith, hope, right? These things are being found out about you from Borgulo to New York City. Little Colossi that's, that's off the beaten path all the way to me in a jail in Rome. Your life matters. How you live makes a difference and how you live has been making a difference just like the words of my grandparents who would say i'm proud of you right i wonder when the last time is that you felt that pride from someone else to you or that you heard those words of encouragement because these are the words as paul says these words to the people of God, these are, he's only saying the words that are God's words to us who are his beloved people. I'm proud of you. I love you as you journey in this true gospel. As you grow in faith, as you have acts of love for others, as you stay anchored in hope, I'm with you and I'm proud of you. And then Paul goes on to pray. And here's the direct words from that prayer I want to touch on just here in verse 9. For this reason, right, since, since your life is mattering, since what, what the gospel, in hearing the gospel, it's changed you, it's transformed you. For this reason, 
Since the day we heard about you, we haven't stopped praying for you. Right? And prayer in the Bible is not simply like we're folding our hands and closing our eyes and talking to God. No, prayer is, is, is that for one, yes, but it's this literal carrying of you in our hearts. In some ways, in our nice West Michigan culture, I'm thinking of you, right? How many of you have heard that? Instead of hearing, I'm praying for you, I'm thinking of you. Well, you know what, that, that that's actually can be and is an encouragement. You're actually spending time to consider me, to think about me. But Paul is going, hey, when I say I'm praying for you, I'm thinking about you, I'm praying for you, I am carrying you with me in my life. So not only have I heard that the gospel's taking root in you, but now I'm going to pray for you because that life does matter. How you live in is showing God's goodness. So we continually ask God, he says, to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way. Right? I'm praying that the power of God that lives in you, the Holy Spirit, right? That's the third part of the Trinity. God the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is God living in us, dwelling in us. God's wisdom, his way, his presence, his power actually deciding not to sit on the throne. Jesus sits on the throne, but God comes and dwells in us through his spirit. And he says, I'm praying that the spirit that we prayed for even before this message began would help you not only know more about God, but knowing that knowing transform your heart. That's what he means in the Greek. Right? It's not just an idea. It's not just so you can pass the test and get an A or get 10 out of 10 or even 9 out of 10. Right? It's so that you may be different. Because what's he say? So that you can live a life worthy of the Lord, worthy of the one who has rescued us. And he unpacks that a little bit more. He says this. Right? He says that this life is one that bears fruit in every good work. That God in a life that he's rescued, him rescuing us from our sin, from our brokenness, his desire to breathe new life in us is so that he can bear his kingdom fruit in our lives in this world. Because to God, your life and my life matters. How we live actually makes a difference. It echoes from city to city. It echoes down the corridor at your workplaces, in your hallways at school, right behind the counter as you help a customer. It echoes across fields. It echoes into the nooks and crannies of our community we don't even want to look into. God didn't want sin and brokenness to be the definition of our life. He wants his new life to bear not only new life in us, but to bear new life in the world. Paul says, not only do you have a, a life that bears fruit and good works, but I, that you have a life that grows, right? That, that much like we will see life budding because of the rain, and yes, I'm going to say too much rain, sorry. We had a little too much on Friday, <laughs> But the rain that we got Friday, today, the warmth of the weather, 
Right? We're going to see life budding and growing. God wants growth in the knowledge of who God is. He does want our heads to comprehend his goodness. He does want our minds to actually understand more of who he is. And Paul says, I'm going to keep praying that you keep growing in knowing who God is. And not only that, I pray for God's strength. One of the other ways I probably could have worded this is just simply God's strength. But he says it's a strength that produces endurance and patience. Right? That we would, be, we would be recognized by people who aren't just flipping off at the, you know, at the latest thing. Like blowing our top, right? That yes, you may see steam coming out of my ears, <laughs> but at least I bit my tongue hard enough to know <laughs> that I don't need to say what I'm thinking right now. God knows he needs people in this world who will persevere, who will endure with others, who will walk the hard path, who will journey with others in their challenges, who will be there and persistent and persevere, right? And Paul says, this is the kind of thing, because love, when he goes back to that, faith, love, hope, love is something that doesn't just, it's not here one day and gone the next. It's not a fleeting emotion. It's a radical commitment to God. He says, I'm praying for that kind of God-given endurance for you. And then finally, that there's joyful thanksgiving, right? That the Christian life isn't filled with just this somber, yes, I follow Jesus, so yea. Come hither thee, hearest the word of the Lord. Now, hopefully I'm not like, I'm not mocking anywhere, anywhere, (laughs) you know, like, but that good, if, if the gospel is literally good news, right, that what Jesus has done, if he's rescued us into life, like, that there would be joyful thanksgiving for the new life he's given to us. And he's like, hey, listen, just like I started the gospel, the, the, this gospel has taken root in you. You've heard about this hope of Jesus. He goes, there's joyful thanks in a God who has rescued you from the dominion of darkness, who has brought you into the inheritance of the son he loves. Paul says, this is what I'm praying for you. This is what I'm hoping for you. So I think back to my grandparents. We're praying, Aaron, we're praying that God gives you the strength. We're praying that we hear as you, as you love others, that he keeps helping you love others. Right? Those moments. One of the things we have to be careful of as we hear these words is remembering that Paul is praying that God would do this in them and for them. Not that the people at Colossae and us today would just try harder and somehow get all of these things right. Because God knows that it's his, or Paul knows that it's God's spirit that will empower this to happen. That the spirit is the energy of God that brings transformation. As Romans 8 says from verses 10 to 12, that spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is a spirit that lives and dwells in you and breathes new life. Pastor, theologian N.T. Wright says this, what is worked for must first be prayed for. Right? Paul understands that if we're going to have a transformed life, if he's going to encourage us, he knows he needs to pray for us. Right? We know that we're only going to change, we're going to only be transformed by God's power because otherwise we could have done this whole salvation thing on our own. 
Jesus wasn't needed. The cross wasn't necessary. A, a world-shattering resurrection wasn't even, you know, like, why bother? But no, because we can't pick ourselves, we can't rec- rescue ourselves from the dominion of darkness, as Paul says in Colossians. Because we can't pick ourselves up from the grave, we can't b- blow new life into dead bones. As Ezekiel says in Ezekiel 37, we need God to rescue us and we need God to empower our lives. Paul says it's that spirit that brought forth the faith, the love, the hope. And I pray in that spirit that your life is different, that it's changed. Colossians, he starts, he reminds us that really, it always begins and ends with the true gospel of Christ and what he's done. He says, you're to the Christians who are in Christ in Colossae. That we have a new location, we have a new identity in Christ. We are one with him, we are united to him. We have a new citizenship in the kingdom of heaven. And he has done it. And by the way, any change or transformation in our lives, we'll be able to go back and say, he has done it. It's like a sandwich, two pieces of bread, right? So what do we fill it with? Our hard work? No. The jelly, the jam, is the Holy Spirit. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll stay away from my Pentecostal, you know. We got the jam of the Spirit. No, okay, I can't help it. <laughs> Everywhere in between, sandwiched in the middle, is a life filled with the working of the Holy Spirit. And the good news of the gospel is, because you believe in Jesus, you have his Spirit with you. Do we join in the Spirit's work? Yes. We're going to see throughout Colossians that, that we, can, we can still, when we hear the Spirit work, we, can, we got to get on board with it. That how we treat others, our spouses, our children, those who work for us, we, we, we've got to follow the ways of God. You know what? In order to know God, I'm not just going to be able to close my, my eyes one day and go, ha, na, 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 and I now know everything in the Bible. Trust me, I've tried it. It doesn't work. <laughs> right? You've got to study it. You've got to learn it. We pray. Right? We spend time in the presence, fostering an ability to hear the Spirit in us. Do you know that God hasn't given you a conscience? Just FYI. He's given you a spirit. That voice in your head as believers, we don't believe is just some ethereal conscience. It's actually the presence of God speaking to us. Speaking life, directing us, interacting with us. Sometimes we participate in the spiritual practice of silence. So we can learn to hear what the different voices say in our lives. Because not every voice is a positive voice, is it? I don't know about you, I've got a lot of other voices that like to tell me to do other things. And so I've got to learn which ones are of God and which ones aren't. I need the scriptures to help me discern that. I need God's spirit to do that, right? But a transformed life when Paul says, hey, I'm encouraged that your life has already changed because the gospel has changed you and you're participating in it. You're loving others. You're holding out the faith. You're hanging on to hope. And as I pray that you continue to live that life worthy of the Lord, I pray that the Spirit keeps doing the work in you. Because that's the good news. You're not left alone to try harder, be better, 
fill out your 10-point list, and then if you didn't, feel like a failure. No, the gospel is filled with forgiveness when we need it. Hope when we don't feel like we have it. With a presence when we feel lonely and isolated. When we, when it's filled with strength when we feel like we have none. When we've tried a thousand times, it's filled with a voice that says, keep trying. I'm with you. Because the good news continues to be anchored the beginning, the end in Jesus and what he's done. And the good news continues to be that his spirit fills each and every one of us. That God hasn't left us and won't leave us. Quite an encouragement to start from Paul. (laughs) To a people he doesn't know, but who are united with him in Christ. Say, I hear your faith, your life is making a difference. I hear God's working in you. And guess what? I'm behind you. And I'm going to keep praying for what you're working for. I'm going to keep praying that the Spirit of God that dwells in you keeps doing His work. Let's pray. God, thank you that you continue to do your work in us, for us, through us. God, we thank you for when your gospel, the good news, breathes hope and new life into us. We thank you for how it changes our belief. It changes what we know. It changes how we feel towards others or even how we know we should feel towards others. It gives us the ability to act in ways we didn't know how, to lean into things we didn't know were possible. Your gospel, Lord, continues to show us that there's new life. There's always hope. Father, that's all anchored in what you've done in Jesus. In his life-giving, forgiving nature that went to a cross. Lord, and in the freedom that he experienced and gifted to us in his resurrection. Lord, thank you for rescuing us from the dominion of darkness. For bringing us into the inheritance of the son you love. And thank you for filling us with your spirit that enlivens, that empowers, that changes our lives. So Lord, continue to change and shape our lives for your sake. In the name of Jesus we pray and all God's children said, amen. We invite you to stand and sing with us one more time as we conclude our service.
is over me. You have made me new. Now life begins with you. Release from my chains. I'm a prisoner no more. My shame was a
It's the good news of the gospel, and it continues to be the good news of gospel. We go in the freedom that Christ has given us when he said, it is finished. It's finished. What's done is done, and it's done in my power. And what will be done will continue to be done through my spirit that raises lives from the dead. So go with that hope that God continues to raise life. He gives you you his spirit as you go. He will keep changing your life and working in your life because he doesn't leave you the way he found you. He wants more for you. He believes more about you and he will continue to do more in you and through you than you could ever imagine for his glory and your sake. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord cause his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you, his smile upon you, and give you his peace. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and all God's children said, amen. Go in peace, and if you don't mind helping stack a few chairs, we would appreciate it.